Good morning and welcome to another edition of the Fraternities Live Community Call, where members of our men's community share wins and crowdsource wisdom as we learn skills and mindset around our six uncommon pillars. I'm your host, Ryan, joined by my co-host, Phil, and some men from the community. Gentlemen, good morning. Welcome to the call. Good morning. We should have Tom be co-host now. He's just good old faithful. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Pay it his dues for sure. Cut his teeth. <laughs> That's right, man. So yeah, we're in the last week of April and we're finishing off our final uncommon pillar of fervent faith. So yeah, take a moment, give yourself a pat on the back. <laughs> Clap button and zoom for sticking around for six months of uncommon personal development. It's quite a quite an accomplishment. We've we've made it this far. Mm-hmm. And Maybe. and we got our buddy Orion jumping in. So Awesome. Oh, that's what you, that's what you gotta day. do. You just gotta hit what record and you gotta trust that yes. the right people go up at the right time. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning, Orion. Good morning. To recap what we covered this month so far, week one, we looked at our position in Christ and just how do we lead ourselves in daily abiding in, in Christ. Week two was leading our wives spiritually. And last week we talked about creating a plan for family discipleship. And we're really going to continue that conversation this morning. But before we do, let's do what we always do. Share wins, conundrums. What do you guys got? Good question. I don't have anything. (laughs) That doesn't have to be a bad thing, right? Right. That's true. I'll take it. Well, Tom, you just had an uncommon weekend at the the lake house with your fam. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. so after that, elevate. Yeah, elevate, I, yep, our elevate experience in Minneapolis. So, um, you know, you guys, you know, ask me to think about, you know, what what are my goals, and so I said, you know, I want to be more intentional as a father and husband. And mm. so at the end of February, I have some friends that have a lake house, and last year they were like, hey, you know, you could wash the windows. And then, you, you know, you can stay there for the weekend as a trade-in. I'm like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. Well, last year, it didn't work out. It was too late in the year. And so this year, like, you know, I'm just going to shoot a message and just see if they're interested. And lo and behold, they got brand new windows and they had like stickers all over. And so they wow. definitely needed a window washer this time. So, so yeah, we traded a weekend and it was last weekend. And, you know, in February, you think that April is going to be really nice. Well, <laughs> last weekend it snowed. Um, it snowed all Friday night. I mean, it wasn't like sticking, but it was it was cold and it was blowing. And Saturday morning there was snow on the ground. And But, you know, it was good because they had a lot of things to do inside the house. The house is huge. I mean, you could sleep 14 people. Whoa. And they... Um, so they had like a bunch of beds, they had a bunch of like closets and like, you know, all kinds of like hiding spaces. So our whole family did hide and go seek and a lot of fun. I mean, I don't think I've had this much fun in a long time. So we did a lot of stuff indoors and, you know, I made a big breakfast and, you know, I ended up cooking dinner and I mean, my wife and I, I think she was going to like help cook but i ended up doing it all and like oh cool you know my wife can kind of sit back and relax and enjoy 
for a weekend and she did a puzzle and she did a 500 piece puzzle in three hours. Wow. Whoa. Dang. You go, girl. Yeah. Impressive. So I was impressed. So, um, but yeah, it was a good weekend. It was good to relax, even though, you know, the weather was quote unquote crappy, but, you know, it's good to just sit and relax, watch movies all day, chill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Enjoy that quality time. Good for you for taking initiative on that. And I think you shared in your post in the community that it was, it, does your wife typically do most of the meal pr- preparation? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of her thing. Like she does most of the meal stuff. So, um, so yeah, it was kind of nice for her to, you know, kind of take a break for the weekend and, just, you know, I took over. So yeah. Yeah. yeah you did. Great what, job, uh, Tom. Yeah. That's great. Sure. Any uh, input from either your wife or your kids on just what that weekend meant to them? My daughter, Emery, she cried on the way home. She didn't want to leave. So I was like, okay, that means it was a good place. <laughs> uh, my wife said, you know, it, it was just nice to relax. And, you know, mm. I mean, knowing what we had going on at home, I mean, driving home Sunday afternoon, we're like, there's so much to do at home, like clean the house up, mm. laundry, dishes. I mean, everything was piled up at home. And I don't know what it was. It's just, you know, being able to take a weekend off and then coming back and just conquering it. It just didn't overwhelm us badly. So, so I guess for you guys, if you, even though you have a lot going on, Go take a weekend. It's it's so mm-hmm. worth it. That's a good reminder, man. It just seems like when you start being intentional with your kids and your family, the they they, re- they reciprocate in different ways that you just really can't. You can't really think that you know, like you just mm-hmm. never know how they will. But it's always positive. So, dude, great job, man. That's really cool. That's really cool. Any other? Uh, wins or things you guys are working through or maybe even any reflections from last week kind of that our just conversation around family discipleship anything that kind of been percolating over this last week no i think the only thing i would say is just as parents you know like your kids kind of like ebb and flow into like healthy and then kind of unhealthy meaning just their emotional capacity I would say Beckham is really struggling with, I don't know if it's confidence or what, but he is really like, as soon as he gets overwhelmed, like, I mean, he flies off the handle and like, how do you get him in the moment? Like, Hey man, like be even keel, but you know, like it's already gone, you know? So it's almost like a tantrum with a three-year-old a little bit like, Whoa, wow. This went really fast. Like how do we slow this down? it's just really interesting. And I'm trying to figure out like, okay, what's the best parenting that I can do as a father to be able to like, Hey, we're right here, you know, don't freak out. So, and I think immaturity is, is a lot of it, but I think it's just like, he's having trouble processing some things. What is that? He would never communicate. <laughs> so it's like a guessing game of like, mm-hmm. what's really going on? Like this is a byproduct of something. Um, this is a symptom of something. What is that? And I don't know. I mean, praying about it. 
but how do you be the best father when your kids are like Tom, you posted that in, in the group thing of like TJ just flew off the handle. Like how do you, how do you stay even keel, but also like helping them kind of realize like, I don't know, that's maybe what we're talking about today. Family discipleship, I guess. <laughs> but, but my, Oh, Beckham is like my guy. He's like reading through the Bible and he's just like lockstep. Like he's on the same day. He'll ask my wife, like, what day are we on? So wow. there's a lot of good things, but there's sometimes we're just like, whoa, that was, that went quick. So I don't know. Parenting is the hardest job anybody will ever do. And that, <laughs> that whole sign of fake it till you make it is like for parenting, <laughs> for parenting. <laughs> i'm glad orion's on this because i feel like out of all the people you're gonna be the best at family discipleship can i get an amen am i right or what i don't know i don't know i feel like some days i do well and then some days i'm like man what was i thinking you know (laughs) (laughs) the fact that you have some days that you do well i feel like you're beating me for sure (laughs) I kind of want an example of the what was I thinking, <laughs> but uh, uh, um, like um, so, for example, we we started uh, doing like our family devotion time at dinner time, and then I'll be trying to explain something and kind of what the devotion is talking about, and then I look around, and then my wife, my kids are all looking like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, wait a all right, hold on a second. Let me see if I can explain this a little bit better, you know. And if, like, I'm losing my audience. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> tough crowd, so, tough crowd today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't want one of the kids to be like, "Can I be excused?" <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, good. Oh, yeah, that's me. That's one of my daily like okay how do i explain this to like a fourth grader and a seven mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. <laughs> make it make sense <laughs> i think that's a good thing to bring up we i think we should have the expectation that sometimes it's gonna go well and that we should be pleasantly surprised and most of the times it's probably gonna be like oh man did did any of that like catch <laughs> <laughs> so just like tampering our expert our expectations and granted my yeah. kids are are really young so i'm not at even speaking on like personal experience but more so of like what i've heard mm-hmm. uh, yeah going back real quick to what phil shared do does anyone kind of with older kids who have because i would try to help a you know whether it's a son or a daughter in those moments when emotions are really high you're probably not going to appeal to logical reasoning so what does it look like in that moment and then what does it look like maybe even after the fact to like revisit it when motions are are more stable and just kind of talk through that matt help me matt orion help me yeah we're talking emotional intelligence here (laughs) yeah um katie is really good at walking through the moment but also like not letting him get off the hook and just be like look mm. your emotions don't match the situation right now 
your emotions are here, situation is here. Like, let's bring the emotions down here so that we can think logically about what's going mm. on. Um, That's good. That's a good, good point. Um, Jesus. Um, man, but uh, that was Katie, right? I'm not. I'm not very good at that. I'm not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's tough, man. Yeah, we don't have to have like I don't know if there's a silver. I'm looking I'm, for a silver bullet. Yeah, silver I, I'm bullet. more interested in figuring out how to get to the because like, yeah. like you, Philip, it's it's not it's not what we're talking about. It's something else. Yes. So figuring out. Yeah, how to get what's to the root? That nut. Yeah, what's the? It's a symptom of something. Next month, the plan is to go deeper into the emotional intelligence side of you know, our marriage, uh, our relationship with our kids, those primary relationships, but even just understanding ourselves as, as men, even more clearly, just how our own minds work. Um, and there's a really cool, uh, tool and an app called that my wife and I use, it's called in love while parenting. It just takes you through different modules of understanding things like emotional labeling, just tactical empathy, ways to communicate, that really translate into all other areas of life. So I'm excited for us to, to delve into that. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be, I think it'll be helpful for all of us. Yeah. It's interesting to write down what's going on and then circle back to the end of the year with him and say, Hey, that's good. That's really good, Matt, because then like, you could be like, Hey, what, what was going on there? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're kind of able to see sometimes there's progress. Yeah. And again, this is something where Katie's had to work on this with me. Like I instantly want to fix it. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's just not that instant fix. Sometimes it's just kids are going through stuff and people are going through stuff and their bodies are changing and minds are changing. And sometimes you just kind of have to like take a step back and kind of be the guardrails for them, but then mm. circle back later and figure out what what's actually going on yeah. and i feel like that's probably one of the most challenging aspects because mm -hmm. if it happened the other day and then life doesn't stop and wait for you so you still have all your same responsibilities so it's going to take mm -hmm. some uncommon intentionality to circle back and even have the tools in the mindset of like okay how do we now address this um, yeah. and, and do it in a way that's going to be beneficial to everybody so yeah that's, that's we're, we're uh yeah already already uh, excited for for next month because that's what we'll be getting into any other wins or conundrums you guys are wanting to share we can yeah resume really the conversation pick it back up from last week on family discipleship um just to recap a couple definitions that I think will help us think about family discipleship. Uh, the first one is creating intentional time built into the rhythms of the family's life for the purpose of thinking about, talking about, and living out the gospel. And then the other definition is leading your home by doing whatever you can, which that, that makes me feel good, whatever I can, <laughs> uh, to help my family become friends and followers of Jesus Christ. So pretty general, but obviously there's a theme of intentionality and just, just making the effort. And I think consistency over time, because if we, mm. if we're, if we're good with it for a month and then we trail away, 
I'll even speak from my personal uh, experience growing up. My dad did make a couple attempts at this, but it never really stuck. And so each subsequent time when he would kind of mention it, it was mm. like me and me and my brother would kind of just be like, yeah, okay. It's like, we'll see. And that's not good. I don't think any of us want to have our credibility kind of mm. be diminished in the eyes of our, our children. So mm-hmm. um, I read a, a devotional that talked about God's call for husbands and fathers to be a spiritual leader of the home. And it said, it said, make no mistake. If you're a husband and father, you are leading your family spiritually. You are either leading them toward God through modeling obedience and Christ likeness, or you're leading them away from God through disobedience and apathy. That's a pretty sobering statement. I'm curious, like what your guys' reflections are of just hearing that, like what feelings does it bring up? Vince Lombardi. That's it for me. It's either you're getting better or you're getting worse. There is no huh? stand in the middle. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I feel like I'm, yeah, I, I am not good at, like I, I, I always say like, it'd be great if our family just sat down after dinner and we all read scripture together. That would be awesome. Have we ever done that? Nope. And I don't know why I'm just not good at, at pulling together those don't teaching type moments or anything along those lines. But what I am good at is just as we're going through the day and like pulling in, pulling in scripture and pulling in, you know, just comments about Christ's love for us and um, whatever along the way. And so I, and that's kind of the, the battle that I'm, that I face internally is like, all right, God, how much do you want me to go try and be this, this that I'm that I'm not naturally good at, versus just continuing with the way that you have designed me and made me, you know what I mean? So I feel like right. I feel like there's potential for this one to be the the cop out, like oh, don't worry, you don't need to get better. And this one's just this one is very much what you hear from the pulpit, right? This is what everybody mm-hmm. needs to do. What, mm-hmm. And so there's this a little bit of tension in me. It's like. Well, which one is it? And the answer is there's probably some combination of the two. Right. But I haven't figured that out yet. So I think because of family discipleship for me is is you have to be so intentional at it. Focusing on the things that get you excited will be the things that are the most impactful for your kids. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing something that just is like hard, you're gonna turn into, you know, not to give Ryan's dad, like, I love that he's doing family devotions, but it's because I'm like, mm, we'll see if that keeps going, you know, like, and that seems like, I, I mean, I'm sure there's help and, and truth and goodness of all that. I think it's almost more impactful to do things that you're more excited about and, you know, yeah. more natural at. That's my, but maybe I'm coughing myself out. <laughs> maybe that's just what I want to hear, to yeah. be honest. Hi, Ryan here, taking a quick break from the episode to share an exciting announcement. Early bird registration for The Fraternity is now open till May 31st. If you would like to learn more and apply, visit theuncommon.com membership. When you apply, you'll fill out a brief survey and schedule an onboarding call with yours truly. After the call, if we both feel like The Fraternity is a good fit for you, you'll be emailed a registration link where you can sign up for just $29 a month. Once you pay, you're in. So you'll have access to our exclusive online community, including our weekly men's calls and challenges, 
a library of uncommon resources, our flagship course, and also an invitation to attend our monthly in-person get-togethers if you live in the greater Des Moines area. Think about it. For less than a dollar a day, you can invest in yourself and start designing your compelling future. Again, this early bird offer lasts only till May 31st, so apply today and take that next step on your uncommon journey. Yeah, I loved what Matt shared. Any other kind of thoughts or reflections on on that? Does anybody else feel similar or? I feel like with, you know, having young kids, you know, the oldest is six, the youngest is one and a half. And it's hard to have in-depth conversation with my kids. And, you know, when you say you're either leading them to toward Christ or you're leading them away and it's like, you know, you just wonder which way you're going, but, you know, you're trying to lead them toward Christ. And, you know, just really in the last year, my son, TJ, has been asking a lot of questions about God. And just mm-hmm. like, like especially before bed, he's like, so is God created? And I'm like, no, he's always been here. Like, just, just mm-hmm. asking, like, out of space questions. But... You know, um, actually, where we stayed at at the lake house over the weekend, it was in Twin Lakes. And that was where my dad um, came to know Christ. At the, there was a Bible camp up there, and uh, we actually drove by it and saw the little church. And oh. so I, like, took my kids out there and, you know, took a picture, and I said, this is where Papa found Jesus. And wow. you know, just, just planting little seeds and everything. And... Um, you know, I want, I want my kids to know Christ. I don't want to like shove it down their throat and say, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, if you don't ask Jesus as your savior, you know, you're going to go to hell. Like, I don't want to threaten them. I want them to really understand and want to have that relationship with Jesus. So, right. So, yeah, that kind of encourages me, you know, what you said, Ryan, like I'm trying to trying to lead them toward Christ, but you know, sometimes you just don't know. (laughs) Right. How do we make following Christ appealing to our children? Right. Like that's what you're saying, Tom, instead of like shoving it down their throat, like making it something that like, no, this is a real relationship that I desire and I am passionate about. I hope it someday you would too. Right. But here's something in our family that Papa even got saved right here, you know, like, yeah, getting excited about that. That's really, really intentional, but cool. And I think that's crafting their little brains of like, huh, I mean, who knows what God's doing in their heart, but it has to be fairly appealing to know that there's a history and they can have the same history, but there's a generational blessing that could be happening that you know about. Like, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, I think from a practical standpoint, like, I love what both Matt and Tom shared of just finding those moments to be intentional and could be a, a comment here or a question there. Mm-hmm. When you have young kids, I, I think from a practical standpoint, if your kids are young, trying to have structure around it, like they can't focus for more than a few minutes. And so I think the way that we lead them towards Christ is first and foremost through the way that we live, the way that mm-hmm. we pursue Christ, the way that we treat our wives, the way that we, you know, approach discipline in our household, the way that we just live worshipful, worshipful lives towards, towards God. 
And then as they get older and they can handle more of like the structure, we can start to build that in a little bit more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe we take a crack at it at, at dinner. <laughs> if we're very brave, like Orion, <laughs> <laughs> we see that we're losing the audience. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That, I totally relate to that. I'm like, yeah, that would happen to me. Like, yep. Yeah. You're just like, uh, I have dessert. I have dessert. Just stay with me. <laughs> you know what's interesting is I'm just thinking about this. Um, just like bringing vulnerability to the table, if you will. Because like for me, it seems like there's something powerful around sitting around a table and hanging out with your family, right? So man, what if it's like, hey, what's God teaching me? Like, this is what God's teaching me, or this is what I failed at today, or something like that. Or I have a, um, I'm officiating a wedding coming up, and I'm like starting to kind of think about, okay, what what should I talk about? It would be interesting to bring my family into that conversation of like, hey, like, I'm thinking about this. What is it? What are some things that you think I should talk about? You know, like, and then they're going to hear me up on stage, you know, like whatever. So it'd be kind of cool to invite them in to some of the things that I'm thinking of. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. almost be forward thinking instead of like, let me read a devotional and, and teach in front of you. Like, I don't know how that's going to go uh, for me or them. And so what if like, this is what I'm really struggling with. Help me. I don't know. Kind of reminds me, we just watched the episode of The Chosen where he does the Sermon on the Mount. So it reminds me of how Jesus had Matthew with him and was asking him. And like it portrayed Jesus as like kind of struggling to determine mm. how to structure his sermon. I don't know if that's true. I always read the Bible and like probably just spoke it and nailed it on the first. So whether it's you know accurate or not, but that picture of like, yeah, being vulnerable and like, hey, can you help me? Like, what what do you think about this? And mm-hmm. what's confusing to you? Or or what do I need to say more more clear or differently? Yeah, right. Because there's a quote from a Christian author, Howard Hendricks. He says, if if parenting or if if parents are looking for a convenient time to schedule family worship, they may as well forget about the idea. Christianity is not a matter of convenience; it involves cost. So, like, it's not easy, but like. How can you start bringing more color to your own faith by inviting your people around you in into what you're thinking? That's kind of what I'm thinking now of like, how do I be vulnerable enough to one, talk about what God's teaching me, two, talk about how I'm failing or or how he's loving me with grace in this matter, or three, hey, how do I communicate this in, in a way that's powerful? And inviting your family in. I don't know. So what other challenges do you guys say that like come up for you guys not to do like discipleship? Being busy. Busy? Yeah. Time? Yeah. Right. I think for me, I would say like uh in a moment of discipleship, like I wonder like what is the right thing to say in this moment? Mm. And I second guess myself and so i'm like uh, i don't know what to do i don't know what to say so let's just go here um <laughs> so mm-hmm. maybe that's probably why i'm losing some of my audience because i'm like really for sure in my in my own self i guess 
Mm-hmm. Um, I guess maybe a little apprehension, like, am I saying the right thing? Did I say the right thing? So. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, that's good. That kind of brings up a question for me of like, what does it look like? Cause I do believe from what I see in God's word that as like the husbands and fathers were called to lead out in this area, but what does it look like to even have our wives lead with us? Mm. Um, so where yeah. it's not, where it's not like, okay, dad's trying to get us together again to, you know, talk to the Bible. If our kids see like, oh, mom and dad are united in this and granted, we're going to have different gifting. So maybe, maybe we're more, uh, we feel more comfortable with like leading and kind of talking. Maybe our wives are the ones who are more naturally inclined to kind of lead a discussion, but, uh, how, what does it look like to just do that united with our, our wives? Mm. So maybe if we're faltering, it's like, Hey, what do you, what do you think? (laughs) Kind of bring them in there. (laughs) That's that actually happened a couple of nights ago. I was like, when I was losing the people. And so I, I looked at my wife. I go, hey, can you help me out here? Maybe <laughs> Little <Yeah>. help here. <laughs> yeah. So she so did. Much. She came in. She came in and rescued me, <laughs> you know, picked the plane back up. So like, all right, now we're good. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's that's huge. Like, I think that's just going to breathe life into it and like longevity. And I think our kids pick up on things like that where it's like, Oh, mom and dad are like in this together. They're both excited about it. They lead in their own, own ways and giftings, but I think it's going to yeah help our, our kids be more engaged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a funny moment too, because it was like, uh, what are you saying? And then I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody laughing. It was a good moment, and then you know, my wife. She said, "Dad is trying to say this," and it made it. She was straight to the point. I was like, "Yes, that is what I meant to say." Yep. <laughs> what she said. <laughs> what your father is trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for our wives who know how to say what we want to say better than we do. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> I mean, it just goes to show you, like, there's been time and time in my life where I'm like, I, I'm in a situation, I'm like, I'm in over my skis, like, anyway, but it seems like God always meets me where I'm at. The Holy Spirit always, like, helps me navigate those paths, and I think our spouses are, are a huge instrument to help, definitely for me. Um, so, I think that could be one of the reasons why people are hesitant to do that, is just, like, not feeling equipped or not having a blueprint. But like, obviously, this is something God wants us to be doing. Therefore, he's going to meet us where we're at, even when we feel like we're unequipped or in over our skis, per se. So. Yep. I think all God is asking of us is to be faithful and obedient and yeah, just trust in him to produce the fruit from it. I, I mean, I think you talked about Deuteronomy 6, family discipleship is God's design for, design for the home, brings him glory. God uh, designs families to be a microcosm of the church and representing of the gospel. I think that's where marriages come into play too, like Christ and the church. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, but thinking through why is it worthy, talking to protect our kids. The world is competing for our kids' hearts and minds. Our kids are 
um, being bombarded with sinful messages, idolatry, um, and all the other messages that the world is trying to hit them with. Uh, we need to be consistently uh, being the voice and the sounding board for our kids to process the world around them, understand it through the lens of God's truth. I always think of this as uh, Bob Goff. He never let his kids watch TV. Um, and then he wanted to be the thing that processed through TV. And so 9-11 happened and the kids had no idea. So he drove home and got to like process through that with his kids, which I thought was really kind of the coolest family discipleship I've heard. Um, uh, also, our kids' spiritual growth. Um, God's word calls us to um, disciple and discipline and train up our kids in the Lord's instructions. We can either view this as an obligation or as the highest privilege. I love that just viewpoint of the switch. First um, Timothy three outlines the qualifications of an overseer slash deacon. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. And he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can they take care of God's church? So it can be another like indicator or a uh, litmus test, I'd say on how things are going. And then to create a legacy, the example we set for our kids now will directly influence their own approach to their family discipleship uh, when they start their own families. Um, we're basically creating a legacy. And I'm thinking of more like a generational blessing thing. And then creating an environment um, of, of like safety. Family discipleship will help us cultivate an environment where our kids feel that they can come to us share honestly about their lives, fears, sins, struggles, their doubts or questions about God, their hopes and things, all they're learning about God. So I feel like that is such a powerful thing of prioritizing family discipleship. That's the byproduct of it. And it's like our highest calling. It's not an obligation. It's not something we have to do, but it's a calling and we should see it as such. Yeah. Even that last point, the creating an environment of psychological safety, I kind of tie that back to what we talked about at the top of the show with what you shared about with Beckham and like having, helping him kind of deal with his emotions and times where he is, is uh, just struggling in that. And I think the more we come together as a family and we practice family discipleship, I think it's just going to help even mm -hmm. how do we process through emotions and how do we even like talk to our kids about emotions through like the lens of God's word and, and let them know it's like, hey, your emotions like aren't aren't bad. They just mm -hmm. are want to deal with them in in like a godly way, um, so that we're still being loving towards you know towards our brother and sister and, and our parents. Um, mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we'll close just by looking at some practical application. Just how can we start implementing some of these things we've talked to talked through rather? Um, some quick caveats. So I think it's just important to rightly prioritize our relationships. So devotion to God first, then devotion to our spouse, and then devotion to our kids. And I, I think we will have regular temptation to prioritize earthly relationships over knowing God. And I think many couples fall into the trap of like prioritizing the kids over their marriage. Maybe you've even kind of seen that happen in your own marriage or have heard it um, from other couples that you know. But, you know, you hear the stories of like kids who move out, go to college, and then the marriage is just kind of crumble because that's what it was, was mm -hmm. focused on was just like raising up the kids. Mm -hmm. There was no, 
there was no real effort put in to the marriage relationship and that and building that friendship. And so when the kids leave, it's like, what do you have? Like two mm-hmm. ships passing in the night. So I think as we consider our own marriages, like just being mindful, do we see a tendency for, for us and our, our spouse to place more emphasis on our kids and their well being over like health and flourishing of our marriage? And I think a telltale sign is just like, when you have conversations, like what is your go-to? Is it to, is it for me to get home and say like, how are the kids? Or is like, how was your day? Like, what was the mm. best part about your day? Like, how can I help you now as I walk through the door? Any reflections on that? Does that resonate or? For sure. Oh yeah, definitely. So yeah, the last couple things here. So in that family discipleship book, they identify two key components for modeling discipleship. The first one is to be reliable. So, and we've talked through these things, but just kind of hitting it home here, be consistent in our time together. So don't just do it once in a while when it's convenient, that quote that Philip read, like it's never convenient. So (laughs) it may, it may look more like small moments throughout the day. And then maybe once a week you have 20 minutes that you've set aside to do whatever works for you guys. Mm. What are some things we can do to be reliable? I think just get it on the calendar. So sit down with your wife, look at your week. You may have to do this, you know, on Sunday every week, if your week, you know, looks different um, every time and just find, Hey, when is a, a time that we can get be together as a family? And maybe I just ask one question. And mm-hmm. we see how God uses that question to uh, generate a conversation. So setting the expectation, I think, especially as our kids get older, like creating boundaries, our kids need to know that the number one priority as a family, more important than any of their sports or activities is like for us to regularly spend time together, pursuing God together specifically. So like not just Sundays at church, um, I think a lot of times we we're like, well, well, we go to church and they go to Sunday school or they go to youth group and that's good. But I think as we've talked through God's word, like the primary responsibility for discipling our kids falls to us, not, Mm -hmm. not solely to our church pastors. So be reliable. The the second point is be relatable. So, and Phil kind of touched on this or just like being Mm -hmm. vulnerable. Um, Allow your kids to see your authentic self, how you handle disappointments, how you navigate trials, um, how you practice confession and repentance. Like maybe you're like, Hey guys, I wasn't very kind to your mom when I yelled earlier and, and just like showing them how you um, practice repentance, I think is, is super powerful. Um, just letting them see like, oh, dad's not perfect. He he makes mistakes just like me, but he owns up to them. And that's going to build your credibility for them to even like want to hear you talk about pursuing a relationship with God. Um, so be, yeah, be reliable, be relatable. Any kind of last thoughts or questions on any of that? Um, and we'll do just kind of next action steps. But yeah, what are you guys, what are you guys thinking? I think just like having grace with yourself is a big thing too. You know, like none of us are perfect. Sometimes we'll lose the audience, but the fact that we're trying to do something, I think God is going to reward that. Amen. Thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs)
<laughs> yeah, we all we all are gonna lose the audience from time to time. As we kind of sign off, uh, I'd say action step for this week. If you haven't yet, go ahead and and download that family discipleship plan. Um, it's in the resource library in the community. If you scroll down to just the fervent faith section, let me know if for whatever reason you're not able to download it. Um, but yeah, I would say just like download that, uh, whether you print it off, um, but ha- sit down with your wife and just talk, like go through it, talk through, uh, you know, what you guys together would want family discipleship to look like. Maybe even ask her like, Hey, how is this? If you've never asked her, how is this modeled to you as a child? That would be a very interesting conversation. Um, what is your wife envision in regards to family discipleship? And then just spend time praying together and just de- determine like what's the first step that you can take towards putting a plan in place. Look at your week and just say like, hey, Thursday evening, we can take 20 minutes to do a devotional and we'll just pray together. Or maybe at dinner, we'll just go around and everybody will share one thing they're thankful for and we'll have our son pray. And maybe every week someone else prays. But I think just empowering your kids to start praying and and stepping up in that. Maybe write down one generative question. That that template has a bunch of different questions, uh, examples of questions we can ask. So, yeah, I think that'll be a great thing for our marriage to do that as well as our family. How are you guys feeling right now? Anxious, stressed, hopeful, excited, motivated? Hopeful. This is good. I love it. Feeling excited. (laughs) <laughs> awesome yeah and just remember there's no cookie cutter way you might do one thing and it works and the next time you try it it's like wow that fell flat on its face back to the drawing board but that's that's the beauty of it um like i mentioned earlier next month we're gonna kind of get into a series more on um eq emotional intelligence so really it'll be kind of revisiting a lot of the concepts and tactics we've covered in our radical relationships month, but just getting more into understanding like the psychology of like how our minds work, chemicals that are you know happening in our kids at various stages of life. And just how do we navigate uh, emotions and, and communicate effectively with those in our lives. So appreciate you guys being here. Have a great rest of your week. Stay uncommon. Bye everybody. See you. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Uncommon Podcast. If you have benefited from our show, I would ask you to follow, rate, and review, and share our show. And be sure to check out our website at theuncommon.com, where you can learn more about our mission, sign up for one of our live experiences, and take advantage of many resources that will empower you on your uncommon journey.